I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Football Ramble on Football Ramble Daily. My name is Marcus Speller. My name is Jim Campbell. My name is Luke Aaron Moore. And I'm intimidated by the dirty pigeons. Of course, they love a bit of him, ladies and gentlemen. It's the football <laughs> ramble in your ears once again. How is everybody? Jim, did you have a lovely Easter weekend? Uh, yeah, um, I, I suppose so. Yeah, I, I mm-hmm. did what I normally okay. do. All right, let's move on from you. Anybody else? <laughs> um, I, I don't. If I don't have any concrete proof that it was actually Easter weekend, <laughs> no. Yeah, because everything is the same. The only thing different that's happened to me is that my garden umbrella blew into next door's garden you can't uh, get this it back. morning. I've got it back. I had to climb over a couple of walls and shimmy oh, through some. That's out of order. That is. You're not allowed to do that. Got to stay local. <laughs> I know, but I kept my distance at all time. Okay. <laughs> Luke, would you say we need a break from the new routine? I mean, no, I'm happy to fulfill my, my, my moral and civic responsibility to get through this situation. <laughs> I'm just saying it's not that what you were saying before. everything feels a bit like the same. <laughs> Shut up. I knew you were going to say <laughs> that. Everything feels the same. Not at the cost of an umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you allowed to um, legally traverse London with a massive picnic umbrella? Uh, are you yeah. allowed to float around? Is that allowed? 
Mary Poppins. Yeah. Yeah, Mary Poppins style. Is that, is, is that, is that an effective and uh, legal form of transport in these troubled the, times? The other, thing, the, the other thing that normally typifies Easter for me is that I eat a load more food. Well, mm. I've got news for you. I've been mm. eating a load more food for the last three weeks. So oh, yeah. mm. there's, no, there's, no, there's no discernible way of telling what time of year it is, is what I'm trying to yeah. say. It's just sort of plateaued. Because, yeah. K- because KFC and McDonald's are closed, I've lost four to five pounds now. Well, well done. done. All right. Peter, is your Chinese restaurant that you go to on a Sunday night still open? No, there's only one, uh, and it's on the corner of Chinatown. Very little foot traffic. They really are trying their best, but uh, literally <laughs> no one's getting involved. Oh, Not even you. Mm. No. All right. Around uh, Soho, it's pretty quiet. There's, the, there's one, uh, there's what I, was, I think I mentioned last week, there's one bubble tea shop open, uh, yes. and the rest is just Deliveroo drivers tootling around. Yeah, I might, I might steal a Deliveroo bike. So I can just have a little drive around and see what it's like <laughs> in this sort of 28 days later style apocalyptic scene. I can't imagine central London being quiet. Oh, at, at the weekend, I mean, it's just full of people who live on the outskirts of London tootling around on the Boris bikes, uh, RIP. Uh, and he uh, and, and they're just kind of like um, absolutely flouting the rules. So it was absolutely full of people just tootling around uh, over, over the weekend. Can I just cut in and say that, um, by the way, if the apocalypse means that no more films like Soccer Dog European Cup are going <laughs> to get made, bring it on. Mm. You could easily make that in artificial intelligence. An AI bot could have made that <laughs> yeah. yeah. It felt a little bit like it was written by that. Yeah. All right, you're jumping way ahead, gentlemen. We're jumping way ahead. We have to talk about the president of uh, the Gabon Football Association before we talk about any of that. Of course we do. Marcus, how happy would he be knowing that he's top of the running order? What strange times we live in. <laughs> yeah. He'd be absolutely delighted. I mean, normally, yeah. yes, the president of Gabon, uh, the football... I can't... I, sorry, I shouldn't say the president of Gabon. It's the, uh, the, the Gabon <laughs> Football Association president, I should probably word it, just in case uh, something happens and, and people don't quite hear that correctly. But yes, he He's the head of football in Gabon. Now, normally, yeah, he would have had to have done something quite severe to get to the top of the running order. But, of course, in these times, merely uh, just giving his opinion on Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is enough. And he said <laughs> that uh, Aubameyang should move to a more ambitious club if he wants to win trophies. I thought to myself, Why is everyone so determined <laughs> to sell Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang from under my feet? Jim, 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 Jim. Arsenal are not very ambitious. They've not even bothered to organise a football match in the last four weeks. So, <laughs> look. Yeah, well, the, um, the, the, the Gabonese Football Association president said, football is a collective sport. Right now he's at Arsenal and he's won nothing there. So it's a collective failure. <laughs> oh, of course, he had an individual success with that golden boot, didn't he? He yeah. did. It's a, it's a brutal assessment, though, isn't it? An absolute, an absolute filleting of, of the situation. <laughs> By the way, where's he going to go? I mean, no, it, this guy does realise that no one else is playing either. Yeah. Right? I think <laughs> yeah. what's happened is he's... he's but by the way, why is the Gabonese fucking <laughs> getting involved anyway? I mean, there's absolutely no reason. Whatever happens, he's still going to be eligible for Gabon, so don't worry yeah. about it. It's not as though, oh, yeah, it's really competitive up front for Gabon. So if it doesn't keep start winning things, he's not going to get in the team. Does he think if Aubameyang wins something, that Gabon wins something? Yeah, probably. Actually, it probably is like that, yeah. who's the? Who, I'm trying to think, who's the head of the, the FA? Is it... Uh, I forget now who who we've had. Um but you imagine the head of the FA in England wading in on the Harry Kane. Oh, in situation. England, it's Martin Glenn, isn't it? Martin Glenn, that's mm. right. Yes, of course. Imagine Martin Glenn going. Yeah, I think Harry Kane needs to move to to win 
more trophies. <laughs> you're all right, Martin. Just oh, concentrate on England winning trophies. Personally, I'd be all for that. Yeah, yeah. he'd be at the top of the top of the running list. <laughs> Literally, yeah. the only other Gabonese footballer I can think of is mm. uh, Daniel Kusan. Remember him? Yeah. No, not really. He played for um, Harlan Rangers and... Mm. He's the only other Gabonese. I mean, the thing, I guess what we're trying to say is, and this is I, I, look, if I, I apologize if I grossly misread the situation about Gabonese football, but I think that Martin Glenn's probably got loads of stuff happening. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so he hasn't got time to talk about this kind of stuff. Although, having said that, there have been there has been precedent in the past for um, suit and ties in the FA piping up about stuff I don't need to pipe up about. So I, I, it probably is something that goes across all uh, administrators of football because they can't help sticking their beak in, can they? No, yeah, that is very true. Get your beak out. Arsenal apparently have said to their players that if they qualify for the Champions League when the season resumes, then they won't have to take a wage cut. Well, that's a very interesting angle to approach it from. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there, isn't there? I mean, is that based on Man City's tra- um, European ban being upheld and then the previous standings um, from last season being used to decide who qualifies for the Champions League? Because there's a lot of a lot of qualifiers in there, isn't there? It certainly is, yeah. So to speak. One of the one of the um one of the things that came out of um something that um David Ornstein was saying a, a while ago now, before this sort of stuff happened, was that um Arsenal I think I think he said that Arsenal players um all voted as a group to not take bonuses um for Europa League. Like if the right. team, because they all said that you know that's not good enough for Arsenal. We need to be in the Champions League, so we're not going to take any bonuses for for Europa League football. And so I wonder if this is um, just kind of linked to that. But the problem is, as we say every week at the moment, no one knows what's happening. So it's all mm. pretty academic, really. I mean, if they qualify for the Champions League when the season resumes, well, that's if the season resumes. We don't know what's happening. Yeah. So mm. it's all it's all pretty pretty up in the air, really. It's a strange old situation. <clears throat> well, according to uh, in their, at their North London rivals, according to people who talk bollocks, Daniel Levy would sell Harry Kane for two hundred million. Although sources have said to Sky Sports News that's not true. Uh, but apparently, mm. uh, I don't know if anybody's aware, Spurs have a lot of debt due to recent major building works, and Levy is what? angry. With, <laughs> yeah, I know. Who would have? I, it went under my radar. Have you seen? They've got a huge conservatory on the stadium. They've just put oh, it. Oh yes. yeah, yeah. I don't know why <laughs> they some did guys it. to do their guttering, did they? Right, I get yeah. It. yeah. They've had extensive piping uh, done, so they've got the most efficient toilets in the land. But Levy is also angry with the Harry Kane saying that the season should be null and void if they can't resume by June. So it's all happening in North London. This all looks very just made up, doesn't it? Like it's very, I suppose it's very easy to say that Daniel Levy's angry with Kane, saying the season should be null and void. But you've just got, unless he's told you that directly, which is very unlikely to do, you've just got to pluck that out of his head and hope it's true, haven't you? So um, I think this, this is the definition of a slow news year. Yeah. Could you not just take that 200 million and could you invest it in like a really average striker and turn him into someone better than Harry Kane? It's just the money's well, getting so technology. silly now. Yeah, using technology and uh, yeah. and like stem cells and stuff. Could you not like yeah. invest 200 million into a very bang average footballer and turn him into a footballer better than Harry Kane? I am Do going to need say, to be a footballer. Yes, exactly, me. <laughs> turn me into a 200 million dollar man. Pete, one of the one of the key issues though around that uh, otherwise absolutely flawless idea <laughs> is that um, is that it needs to be 
re- garnering returns like pretty much straight yeah. away. There's no point grabbing like an 18 year old guy who looks like a bit of an athlete and saying, right, right. Using modern technology and 200 million pounds investment, we are going to turn you into a great football player by the time you're 28. Not good enough, is it? I think you've got to back yourself. I think <laughs> if you've got 200 million to spend, I yeah. don't even think you necessarily pick an athletic looking young guy. You just do a raffle. Just do like a national <laughs> yeah. raffle and whoever wins yeah. it, that's the, that's the guy. And then you, you just, you know, if, you, if, your lab, if, if the, the boffins in your lab aren't getting the results, then you get better boffins or you work them harder. Yeah. Or could you, could you just do for 200 million quid, could you just um, essentially transplant the brain of a retired but brilliant footballer into a younger host? Yes, mm. that'd be brilliant. You're, you're sort of assuming here, chaps, you're sort of assuming that Elon Musk has taken over a football club. He might have done. He probably will do eventually. Well, this is the kind of thing he would come out with. He'll do something dreadful and he'll have to sports wash his entire operation. <laughs> I mean, he's already yeah. accused certain people in, in, in the world of certain things that he inexplicably got away While with. While smoking a joint on Joe Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> and there's also a, there's a car in orbit now, isn't there? Just in orbit around yeah, the Earth. There's a car junk, just, just up there. Space junk. Absolute space <laughs> junk. On, on, this, on this Harry Kane thing, a couple of, couple of things spring to mind. One is that when this type of story, which is, you know, on the face of it, absolutely gigantic, the England captain moving to one of the biggest clubs in the world for a world record fee, I personally think a well-known journalist or a journalist worth the name might have got a sniff of that Mm. so my first check (laughs) is to have a look around and none of them have number two um i also am put in mind of a week or two ago when we talked about how according to actually reputable sources um uh uh, maybe i don't like doing business with spurs (laughs) because because they keep getting their pants pulled down yeah. <laughs> Next, two hundred million quid. Oh, for fuck's sake! Yeah, yeah. That, that, I mean that that figure is obscene, isn't it? And actually, obviously, that would break the world transfer record, wouldn't it? Because I think it was Neymar one hundred ninety-eight million. It was two hundred twenty-two so, million euros. If it's done on euros, then in this one with Kane, as things stand, I think would be two two seven million euros. So it would beat it. Yeah. Yeah. So if I mean, it's going to happen. Probably Man United could afford it. I forget where I was reading this, but obviously, um, Ed Woodward for all of his faults. Um, he has he's put together a hell of a lot of commercial partnerships. So Man United don't you know they're they're not going to struggle for money. So maybe they could afford it. But also, would Kane want to go there with no guarantee of Champions League football? We spoke about that um, briefly before, didn't we? But um, I, 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 I the, the 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 transfer fee is is distasteful, isn't it? I mean, in the um, in all of the, the furore about Man City, which led to the transfer ban, I, I read something saying that some some leaked. Um, internal emails from PSG, which I think came from the Football League's guy, um, had said that they deliberately paid as much as they did for Neymar, not because they necessarily needed to, but to inflate the market so that basically only them and and a few others could afford um, to buy the top players. And we're we're seeing with the situation that uh, Barcelona have now with Antoine Griezmann um, and and trying to move him on to get Neymar and how complicated that is. So it sort of worked. And it's just, I I hate seeing anyone else play that game, even though this is a completely hypothetical situation that's been made up for clicks. Well, Jim, the 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 only part of it, I'm not saying it hasn't, it won't happen, or it isn't possible, or whatever. I don't know. I have no insight into that. But but the only thing I, I've heard reputably is that some people at Spurs were upset with Kane for going what they think is as, as being off message on mm. what should happen with the season going forward. And obviously, him being the captain, or I think I think he was one of the captains at the club anyway. I know Larissa is, is a captain as well. But him being a senior pro there and a figurehead, um, they 
he 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 gave some quotes which were perceived to be in quotes off message which they were unhappy about so whether someone has spun that into this now um mm. it's, it's entirely possible but all i'm saying is i don't mean to be a snob or to be rude i don't know the guy but someone i've never heard of popping that up on mail online smacks to me <laughs> of trying to get people to read the website rather than something yeah. that's actually happened because there's so many good journalists in this in this industry and one of them would have got a sniff that the contacts that they've got would be so good that you'd think it would come from them Mm. there's a sense of them perhaps trying to will it into existence as well to then get a scoop yeah because the football's not happening at the moment and people are trying to generate all sorts of activity and you wouldn't find us doing that by for example opening up a section doing a a kind of please the masses film club for example exactly not certainly not um and i'm sure in other news that newcastle united have uh, got takeover talk still ongoing so in the spirit of that um let's move on um, now, something that is going to happen are some some rule changes or rule tweaks, depending on um, how you look at it, for the Premier League next season. Give your rulers a tweak. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Well, uh, one of them is that uh, it involves VAR. So as if we haven't had enough of VAR, oh. uh, referees will be expected to use pitch side monitors a lot more when VAR is involved. Yeah. Mm. yeah, it's great. This change is a massive dig at the Premier League, and that's why I think it's quite funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What they've done is they've, they've removed the word it'll off. So I think it used to say um, the, the pitch side monitor will often need to be used or whatever, and they've removed that word because the Premier League essentially is the only major league not falling into line, and they've been annoyed about it, and they won't do it. So then they've said, no, you've got to do it. Uh, which I think is a very, very good thing. I, I don't particularly like VAR anyway, as none of you guys do as well. Uh, but um, if we are going to have to have it, then I suppose we want to have it in the best way possible. And for me, this is an improvement. Yeah. 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 Well, also, um, people, I think, were hopeful that the communication between the referee and those at Stockley Park w- was going to be broadcast in some way or we'd be privy to those conversations. But that's not going to happen. Um, but they do understand that that, it, that things need to improve with the regards to the understanding of the referee's decision and the review process. So I'm not quite sure, I don't know, if someone sort of draws a picture or someone commentates on, on the conversation that's happening. Go, yeah, they're talking now. So um, <laughs> oh, it could be like one of those little courtroom drawings. We have it like a be. little chalk <laughs> sketch of what's happening in Stockley Park. <laughs> Maybe. Stockley Park just sounds so lonely at this moment. They're not doing anything. It sounds like that uh, no one's um, Wind of Change song. Down at Starkley Park, just yeah. this absolute <laughs> barren, quiet, post-apocalyptic. Or the of... Sam Rockwell movie Moon. <laughs> yeah, Starkley Park, like a man just wandering around a space station. <laughs> <laughs> Got nothing to do. If that's the case, then why are they not getting more things right? Yeah. <laughs> there's nothing else to do. They've got you know they've got a lot of time to, to to work on it, but I think that's a really really nice idea. I mean, move the responsibility of the actual football match to the bloody bloke who's wearing the referee's kit. Uh, yeah, go and yeah. check it out on the video clip. Uh, and also, mm. there's the new rule on penalties, isn't there, Marcus? Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, this is. Oh, oh, so are you talking about handballs or goalkeepers? Uh, well, goal ki- Well, uh, hand, uh, handballs and then goalkeepers. Let's move. Let's start with one, then move on to the next. One often leads to the other with with handballs and goalkeepers. <laughs> Just leading the horse to where he needs to go. <laughs> Appreciate that. You can lead a host to water. Yes, <laughs> and he will ask which part of the water he needs to drink. <laughs> <laughs> so, Peter, talk us through the new handball suggestion. Love that. Get it well, back, Donny. 
most yeah. uh, most penalty takers will need to have hands as well as the goalkeepers. Uh, there was yeah. a stipulation back in the 70s that uh, you could uh, take a penalty without actually having a hand. A couple of footballers took advantage of that rule. Uh, but for balancing reasons and for just all-round fairness, uh, they mm-hmm. decided that the penalty taker should need hands. Okay. I think and it's really important to get that down in the laws, actually, to yeah, make sure there's no exactly. kind of grey area with that. Do you want me? Do you want yeah. me to answer it, Marcus? Please do, Luke. Please. Yeah. <laughs> the handball law has changed, so now there's a t what they call a t-shirt law or t-shirt rule, which that's what it's been learned as 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 colloquially, where the top of the shoulder, essentially, if you think about it in your mind, if it were to hit the short sleeve t-shirt. Um, bit, then it wouldn't be handball. So the Tyrone Mings thing would be slightly different under the new laws. No one appears to have worked out how that's going to help if players are wearing long sleeve shirts, but I guess that's for next update. I don't know. Mm. I mean, I just didn't bother thinking about that. So the handball laws are slightly changed. There's a really good thread on Twitter for those of you who are on Twitter by Dale Johnson of ESPN, who's very good to follow for laws of the game and VAR stuff anyway. And he explains it more clearly, but essentially it means for the first time it's been defined what part of the arm is handball and what part isn't basically well well, I, yeah. I was I was talking about the fact that um, the time in between the handball taking place and then a goal being scored uh, being the mm. situation and that time being shortened that's also changed yeah yeah so changed. actually I mean on, on top of that there's also the encroachment uh, rules are changing aren't they which is that if a player is leaning into the box but their feet are on the line uh, or behind the line they're not considered to be encroaching and also um, a penalty will only be retaken if a, if a uh, goalkeeper comes off his line and saves it is that right I think these are all good changes actually yeah mm. these are all I like mean, good little tweaks that, that we should should really have been done in the summer, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing about offsides, though. You guys, this is a really interesting part of it, right? So as far as I'm aware, so, so what tends to happen is that new laws or adjustments to existing laws are implemented usually from June 1st, right? Because right. obviously everyone's season's finished by then. Now, clearly, because we're in a different situation now, that's not going to be the case. So rather than just say, okay, we're going to implement these laws for when the new season starts, mm. what ifab have actually said is you can decide whether you want to implement the new laws yourself for the remainder of the season post june the first or if you don't want to so essentially there's going to be well that's the thing i don't know if it's going to be changed but i read that i read about this i read up on this on friday and the last i heard that individual associations and leagues were going to be able to choose themselves Right. Yeah, I think realistically, you would you would still want those changes because let's look at Bournemouth as the sorry Villa is the example where Tyrone Mings was was a a judge to have um, handled in a rule that now would be different. You might look at that and and figure that they could go. Well, hang on, we were penalised for that. So how's it fair if for the rest of the season um, that's that's not an issue? But then what if it happens to them again? Do you know what I mean? It's like Mm. it's you would think the clubs would want the better rules in place. Person. That's what I think, anyway. There's a, there's also a, a, a quite a nice one that I think me and Luke slightly disagreed on uh, this season about a, the goalkeeper coming off his line. Um, it'll only be retaken uh, during a penalty uh, shoot or a penalty situation if the keeper manages to save uh, the penalty. Um, I don't think Luke was that asked about um, keepers coming off his line, but uh, it really annoys me. Oh, yeah, it really it does, annoys me, doesn't it? <laughs> it didn't annoy you, Peter, when Tim Krul was playing for Newcastle, did it? Well, because he's an excellent penalty server. That's why. He does, doesn't even need the rule. Yeah, but he comes off his line. He does come off his line, yeah. <laughs> What's your problem? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so one cruel for one. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we are. Right, are we ready to move on from this rule chat, gentlemen? 
Mm. Um, I've got a little Tim Crawl thing that I don't think we covered on the show. Did you see that um, for um, Mother's Day, um, Tim Crawl bought his? I think I'll get this right. Tim Crawl bought his 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 wife, i.e., his kid's mum, a water bottle with all the names and the ways that the players um, dived. <laughs> Um, as a present that he got made up from some kind of third-party internet gift provider in um, in celebration of the penalties he saved against Spurs in the cup. What? what? Is that true? So, and, and that was a present for who, yeah. sorry? Tim Krull posted on Instagram around Mother's Day a picture right. of a water bottle that either he bought for his wife or his wife bought for him, <laughs> but it was centred around Mother's Day with all the... Because you know he had that water bottle with the stickers on it. Yeah. Do, do you guys yeah. remember this story about yeah, when, yeah, when yeah. he was... Yeah, yeah. And so he had it, he had it I guess, kind of immortalised in a gift that was circled, circulated around his family from some internet <laughs> gift provider. I don't know why. I'm just saying it happened and it was on Instagram and I remember seeing it at the time and I just remembered. <laughs> that's Ooh. wonderful yeah that seems an odd odd fit for mother's day doesn't it yeah weird mm. <laughs> i'm having it Fair though enough. i'm loving it it was probably some enterprising uh engraving company that probably sent it over and he probably posted it and we all get a bit confused about it but um if it was him who decided that his wife deserved that um he might not have a wife for very much longer <laughs> yeah that, <laughs> that is a bowling ball with homer engraved onto it, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe write on the bottle, don't send crappy Mother's Day gifts next time. Yeah. <laughs> right, gentlemen, it's all happening in Scotland. It's all going on. Oh, I can't wait there. for this. Oh, oh yes. wow, cool. They had a vote on whether to finish the three leagues below the top flight, the Scottish Championship, League One, League Two. The current league standings would count and therefore be decisive in the league's outcomes. So whatever mm. they, if they, if they vote on that, then as, as we spoke about before, People are promoted, people are relegated now. There's no kind of, oh, we'll try and play it a little bit later. So um, the Scottish Premiership, League One and League Two, all voted in favour. And, and and I think the, the, the main reason for this seems to be that clubs are worried that they might not get the prize money and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So they, they want to finish it now to make sure that uh, that they get some much-needed money. That seems to be the motivating factor. Um, right. However, Dundee didn't submit their vote Dundee are a championship side and the outcome of the whole thing rests on their vote you need 75% oh. I think or more of the votes for this all to pass so Dundee they some people are saying from Dundee are saying no 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 no. we did get it in the deadline which was 5 p.m Friday and other people are saying well you actually had 28 days to get the vote in which seems odd because they want to make a decision fairly soon now UEFA have asked member associations not to abandon leagues before 23rd of April so the whole thing <laughs> Quite predictably, he's all over the place. Who would have thought that Scottish football would be put into chaos with with a simple vote? Rangers are very unhappy about the whole thing. Very unhappy indeed. However, there is a suggestion that the top flight in Scotland could increase to 14 teams as of next season, which might satisfy teams and would save teams from relegation, such as Hearts. (laughs) Can I jump in with a cheap joke and say that it's the first time Dundee have been relevant in Scottish football since the 60s? That's very nice. It appears so, yeah. <laughs> I, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on with this situation. So I do recommend for anybody trying to keep track of it that you um, oh. just try and get uh, Lust for Life in your head um, <laughs> to soundtrack the whole thing. And it, it just gives it a bit of a jaunty rhythm. Yeah. <laughs> Is that your analysis on that? Dean? Yeah, that's it? it. That's it. That's all I've got. Do you want my analysis on it, uh, Marcus? Yep. Didn't D. What? That's all I got. What? Didn't what? D. Done, do, they should have done deed it, but they didn't do it. <laughs> what you mean is done don't would have been better. Didn't day it. 
Yeah. But, I mean, no, Pete, no, the very no, idea no. that we would join you for that job. I mean, how are we getting on board that? What we, yeah, I, well, even, uh, I didn't even hear what you said. I thought there'd be a straggler or two. That's all. They misheard what I said. Didn't they? Dundee. Should have Dundee it. They, they didn't do it. They didn't do it. Didn't they do it? Yeah, okay. Didn't they do it? Yeah, lust for life doesn't sound so bad now, does it, Marcus? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I wish you'd have just chosen a track that meant something to Scottish people, Peter. But uh, but there we are. We can always hope for next time mm. because I'm sure the situation will go on and on and on until it comes down uh, to a uh, some sort of fist fight. Um, all right, then. Let's move on from, from Scottish football. Um, uh, the sad news, Peter Bonetti died. After yeah, all, very sad. Uh, that 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 caught my um, attention across the weekend. Very sad. Died age seventy eight. He was he'd been ill for quite a long time, unfortunately. But I thought it's it's very much worth a um, a mention because he was you know such clearly played the game a long time before. Um, well, a lot of our listeners and including ourselves probably um, remember football. But he was a legend, particularly at Chelsea, where he was there for fifteen years and went back again for a few years after a little uh, de- departure. So, in total, he was there for almost twenty years and uh, amazing keeper. Played for England as well, of course. And one of the things I really liked about his um, his um, career is when he retired, he um, he moved to the Isle of Mull where he oh, ran wow. a guest house and became a postman. Just fancied a bit of quiet life. That's all oh. he wanted. Um, so amazing, amazing to see. Uh, won the FA Cup with Chelsea in 1970 and won the Cup Winners' Cup as well. Brilliant keeper, probably a bit unfairly maligned for that famous incident with England. And he was also um, had the record for the most appearances for a single club by a goalkeeper until um, Alan Knight at Portsmouth uh, beat it. But let's face it, um, Alan Knight wasn't playing in the uh, top flight for any of that. I, don't, I felt maybe for more than one or two seasons that I don't think so. Anyway, Peter Bonetti, rest in peace. Condolences to his family and friends. Legendary keeper of the uh, in the English game. Mm. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's have a quick break. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oh, my God. 
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Football Ramble on Football Ramble Daily. Luke, what's going on in our Patreon? Yes, indeed, Marcus. Highlight for this week's Patreon will be two special episodes of Ramble On, our Patreon-exclusive show. This week, split into teams, we have decided on our best Premier League eleven from the 21st century with Marcus, Jim and Andy on the manager, defence and goalkeeper and Pete, Jules and I on the midfield and the forwards. These two episodes and many, many other benefits, including Discord access, special Ramble meets apps, videos from Marcus, newsletters and much more are only available to patrons so if you're in the market for extra stuff to watch read and listen to head to patreon.com forward slash football ramble daily and sign up that's patreon.com forward slash football ramble daily yeah if you want to hear me argue the case for Jan kabai habib bear <laughs> to be in the team of the of the millennium <laughs> you can uh, you can listen to that over at uh, patreon.com forward slash football ramble daily no i might just wave those through <laughs> yeah, we have them through. It's fine. Yeah, it, it's 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 more work than it needs to be to argue. Mm. And now it's time for emails with PED. This time, emails of PED. Uh, my name is PED, so I shall be administering the emails. Hello to Ross, hmm, Ross Shroff. Uh, I'm sure people have found it difficult to pronounce your na- na- name before, Ross Shroff, <laughs> uh, but, uh, and I'm doing it uh, just as badly. So, hello, Ross. Uh, David Beckham does no speak Spanish well. Ramble Force, hola. In reference to your discussion <laughs> on whether or not Bex can speak Spanish, I've been learning Spanish on and off for the last couple of years, including a month living in Sevilla when I was going to a Spanish school every day. Oh, Ross Shroff. <laughs> um, in the first week of the class, the Sevillano uh, professor showed us a video of David Beckham's final press conference before he left Real Madrid. This was an example of how even if you are immersed in the country and the culture and you have the best tutors in the world at your disposal you still can't learn the language if you don't have determination and self-motivation basically even when Beckham had been in the country for years he, he was still uh, bad enough that even A1 level Spanish learners could tell he was terrible keep up the good work as always and then he puts a lot of Spanish which I can't read um, yeah Ross <laughs> I mean I, I said that he could speak Spanish I didn't say he was very good at it alright okay alright Ross yeah yeah that's implied, though, isn't it? It is. I suggested that, actually, I don't think he spoke much Spanish. Spanish? <laughs> Blimey, it's happening to me. <laughs> Ross, get away. <laughs> Ross, Ross. I'm absolutely delighted to know that um, when I first heard a man called Ross Shroff, he turned out to be exactly the kind of human being I thought he'd be. <laughs> <laughs> well, hello to uh, Jake uh, Burrows. Uh, very much enjoying this one. Uh, hi, I know you're right on emails, so I figured I'd just let you know that zo- during, during a Zoom chat, I discovered my partner's surname was Carruthers. That got me thinking about fake Carruthers, but I've just realised I'm thinking of the wrong show. Sorry, I've been drinking four days. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, but you'll get read out on here, mate. Don't worry about it. Yeah, but you'll Great. still get read out on here. All right? No love lost between the Guardian <laughs> the, the, podcast the and only, The only possible parameter for emailing, getting an email read out on this show is timing it so it's the most recent one when Pete logs into the email. That's all you've got to do. There's no nothing about the subject. Just it's got to be sat proud of place at the top of the inbox when Pete logs in. Is that fair, Pete? Uh, I just enjoyed the word proud of place. Uh, Stephen Dunn. <laughs> hey, guys. Thank you. 
Thank you uh, for helping uh, keep me company uh, during the isolation. You were talking about being surprised to hear Ronaldo speaking English. Uh, as an Irish guy living in the Netherlands, I had a similar experience when I found interviews by Ronaldo and Luis Suarez in Dutch. They both picked up the language very well, considering neither played there for very long. Uh, and he's, uh, he's appended a couple of uh, YouTube clips. And yeah, they are. They seem they appear to, <laughs> to my ears to be speaking a little bit of uh, Dutch. So there we go. Very nice. Yeah, um, so I do enjoy footballers speak. I enjoy Kevin Keegan speaking German. I enjoy mm. uh, Arsene. Uh, t- I tell you, Arsene Wenger's goodbye speech in Japanese is uh, oh. very uh, read off the paper uh, rubbish. Um, <laughs> Roy Hodgson speaking Norwegian. Oh, he speaks everything, doesn't he? In his kind of boy yeah. kind of uh, yep. a, a vernacular. Uh, do you want to hear from Max Coventry, which is. Um, it just sounds like the worst <laughs> proposition in the world. Do you want yeah. Max Coventry? <laughs> sounds like a failed porn star. Yeah, or like a really, really budget superhero. Uh. Hmm. Or, or town mascot. Um, big, sh- <laughs> big shop tips. Hi, all. It's Max from London here. He's not even from Coventry. Stop <laughs> mugging us off, Max Coventry. Given the current circumstances, surely it's the time for return of big shop tips. Uh, yeah, my I can tip give is- a few. Yeah, all right, all right. Go on, all Pete. Right. Sorry, I didn't know you were going to give one. Go on. <laughs> well, I, I shall take charge of this. <laughs> Max Coventry is uh, taking charge of this. My tip is the Polish supermarket has most of what you need. Cheers, Max. It? Now you may begin, Luke, your big shop tips. Um, uh, it's only, only if Jim wants me to. <laughs> yeah, go on, dive in. I haven't, I haven't actually got any. Keep your distance and just only purchase the things you need. Yeah. I would say that uh, they run with a skeleton staff at the moment. Uh, security are invariably concentrating on not being near anyone. So shoplifting has never been easier. Peter. <laughs> that is painfully irresponsible, even for you, Donaldson. What's your problem? <laughs> can I Can I also say, um, have, we got, have we got another email from, um, has Billy Watford been in touch? <laughs> or uh, Danny Doncaster, Stephen yeah. Island. There's one about. Uh, there's one about. Uh, <laughs> there's uh, there's one from Henrik Saltstein, uh, but that's about That'll soccer do. dog. But we'll get onto that one a bit later on. Yeah, yeah because it's you. almost certainly made up because that is not a real name. <laughs> um, All right, then. If you want to get in touch with the show, it's uh, shortfootballrambledaily dot com. Right, ladies and gentlemen. If that wasn't um, a a big enough punch in the face, we move on to Pete's Film Club. It's time for Pete's Film Club. This week's film was Soccer Dog 2, European Cup. You'd think they'd go for European Pup, but they didn't. It goes as follows. In a laboratory in Scotland, a mad scientist, Dr. Oddlike, which is Frank Simmons, conducts experiments on a spunky canine, Kimball, who proves to be unusually adept at soccer. When Kimball escapes, he comes across Zach, a lonely American kid who has come to Scotland to find Brian, Nick Moran from Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels, the father he has never known. The remarkable dog helps to reunite father and son, but also tries to assist a struggling soccer team make it to the finals. Started in the lab and took it to the net. You want to play? With only one goal in mind to bring a father and son together. It's over, Zach. And maybe play a little ball. Now, you will got play. He's fetching it like Beckham. I've got more than that. I've got me, the best football team. Get ready for the family movie that proves 
Every dog has his day. Who wants to put the first boot in? I mean, can I just say, <laughs> I fucking hated this film. <laughs> it is for kids, but it's also just no. an hour and 20 minutes, so wind it in, Lukey. I think that... I, I thought the film was very poor. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, Marcus. <laughs> that is about the level of humour in it as well, isn't it? I couldn't wait for it to finish. You were so angry about this, Marcus. I've, never, I've rarely seen you this upset and distressed by something. <laughs> See, I actually felt there were times in it where it was actually so bad it was funny because it's supposed mm. to be set in Scotland, isn't it? It's clearly set in probably Florida, maybe, somewhere like that, or it was certainly filmed in a, in a place where it is blue, cloudless skies in every shot. It's clearly America. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's filmed... In the Hollywood Hills. It's definitely filmed in the Hollywood Hills. There's three locations, football field, pub, and there, I think cabin. at one point, is an old cabin. There's an old shack, isn't there? Three yeah. parts of the... Oh, yes, and a laboratory as well, which could have been just a cupboard, effectively. But it's the town yeah. of Crocker, Jim, where they play soccer. What are we going to call a town, guys? Let's call it Crocker, because it rhymes with soccer. The some some of the production steals in it was so poor that like there was at one point or well maybe on more than one occasion where they just didn't bother changing the number plates on the cars. Yeah, so like oh, that was it's amazing. supposed to be Scotland, but none of the cars have like UK number plates on them. Yeah, mm. well, some of them did, but some of them didn't. Yeah, and exactly, mm. Marcus. You were absolutely right about that. One, that's one of the things I found really enjoyable. Like all of the kids are Americans who are for some reason uh, being made to do um, Scottish accents. And there's a point where uh, this this you know bully style kid kicks a ball away, and uh, one of the kids says to him, "What about my ball?" And he and he goes, "Gee, I don't know. What what about it?" It's like, G? Scottish kids don't, <laughs> don't say G. It's this weird sort of amalgamation of what, what's going on. And I honestly think one of the kids' accents was so bad that they sort of, they almost made it out like the character had learning difficulties a bit, but they didn't quite <laughs> yeah. like, didn't quite settle on it yeah. to make it maybe easier for, for the kid to do the accent. It was very, it, that was that was not good in a lot of a lot of ways. Mm. And it's, the humour was almost like, kind of a bit like the Beano. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It was it was very very silly in a very childish way. I think this is the difficulty with the film is that it it, it also knows it's crap. Do you see what I mean? So to stick the boot into it, they also kind of go, yeah, we we know it's a bit rubbish. There was one scene yeah. though that was slightly problematic. Was there's there's a pub in which the main character played by Nick Moran um, and. There's a, there's an old boy. I don't know if he works there or if he has. He's always in there. And one of the barmaids walks in, much younger, and he just slaps her on the ass and smiles at her, and she smiles back at him. And I was a bit like, yeah, <laughs> it's a kids' film. It's, it's it's also got the line "Get it up, you" in it, um, and it's and, and, it, and it's and it's a kids' film. Guys, we've got to talk about the CGI. The yes. CGI. So, so my major disappointment with it was just, I, I understand that it's a kid's film and I understand that it's not to be taken that seriously, but just a couple of points on that. One is the dog is hardly in it. Like yeah. the dog is hardly mm, in it. Yeah. So the very idea that they set up the whole movie with this opening scene about this super intelligent dog that escapes, who is then hardly in the film other than just mm. occasionally paws at its own face and kicks around a really badly CGI'd football for a couple of scenes. Is baffling. The majority of the plot centers around this kid um, 
basically discovering uh, his, his long lost dad and the dad doesn't know he has a kid and it's all about this American kid having to, to move mm. to Scotland and figure all of that out. And the, the second plot is that that, that very same dad, uh, his ex-best friend went on to play for the London Bangers where he became a, <laughs> a, a the most the, the biggest football star in England, basically. And the, the C plot, the incidental C plot is the bit about this dog created in a lab by a Nazi that's inexplicably good at football that is going to help them <laughs> in the game where this guy plays against his ex best friend. It's like it's, it's like not is it only not that the there. dog's not in the film that much because of budgetary reasons? It's not in the plot that much. <laughs> <laughs> what I like about the fact that uh, the CGI looks terrible on the ball when the when the uh, dog is doing anything other than just kind of like nudging it with his nose. Uh, the CGI is awful, so they've clearly rendered the CGI ball and that looks pretty crap. It looks like it's been done on an iPhone app. Uh, but then clearly very late in the day, uh, Admiral have come in with some sponsorship money and they've yes. tried to CGI Admiral into every scene, which they manage with the shirts and an inexplicable logo they put in the goal net. Uh, but they also try and put it on the ball as well. And it looks unspeakably bad. It looks like <laughs> yeah. It defies physics, doesn't it? It's, um, it does. Can we, talk about the, can we talk about the team as well of American men playing Scotsman and the who are oh, all basically goodness. wearing Braveheart wigs. Then why is the goalkeeper wearing a kilt in goal? I don't get that. But also, stereotyping. I thought that after, after a Freedom. shot at glory, we, we were done with terrible Scottish accents. And then this film, everyone has a terrible Scottish accent. Mm. Even Nick Moran, who, mm. who's obviously English, can't do a decent yeah. Scottish accent and I thought we're not getting away from this at all are we I hate to think no, there, is no, there is no need for the film to be set in Scotland as well that's what's fascinating no, none about at it to me. it would have <laughs> saved them all a lot of trouble it really would have done. But you know what it felt like to me? It felt like it's got absolutely no heart in it. It's got no heart at all Not or really, soul in yeah. it at all. And it is a very, very um, sleepwalky type project. And, and Nick, Nick Moran should be utterly ashamed of himself, by the way, because he is now scraping the ground where the barrel used to be, being in that kind of stuff. But the, the, the fact that it's set in Scotland is a bit of a misnomer because it's 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 not – it's not really set in Scotland. It's set in some weird person who's never been to Scotland's idea of what Scotland yeah. actually is, which is yeah. so far wide of the mark, the whole thing just becomes utterly risible. I didn't see anybody complaining about my Corby Jones impression back in the day, so uh, you know, <laughs> no. it's one all, I would say. The yeah. CGI is so bad, Pete. You alluded to it, but I will go further and chuck a little, a load more. Um, I'll, I'll chuck some praise your way, Donny. The, the CGI in that movie is legitimately worse than some of the CGI effects you've put on some of our live videos for some of our live shows. <laughs> Cheers, mate. I, I like the fact that they all uh, in the pub drink out of metal tankards and they wear kilts <laughs> all the time and uh, the goalkeeper's got very orange teeth. At one point, he, he does a blue and white face like Braveheart. It's, and also the TV channel uh, that covers this game for some in, inexplicable reason that is attended by about 20 people uh, is called Cheerio London, which I quite yes. enjoyed. Yeah. And also uh-huh. the idea yeah. of football itself is, uh, is, is represented in the same way that Scotland is represented as a country, isn't it? Because uh, this is literally a team of p- people playing in a park um, with yeah. with with about twenty people in attendance, and I think in the final still of the f- the movie, doesn't it imply that next the ne- next season Nick Moran's team win the European Cup? No, so 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 that was confusing to me as well. But but what actually happened was he he put his pub 
on as a bet. And if 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 he had lost, he would have given the guy ah, who used to be his mate yes. a pub. But if he had won, he would have got the cup from him. So he That's gets right. um he wins, so he gets the cup. It's but it's just essentially a terrible trophy with European Cup written on it. It's I, yeah. I don't understand <laughs> how they think a team called the London Bangers are gonna be a professional team in the first place, let yeah. alone winning a European Cup, who are then going to go up to some place in Scotland, like you say, which is just a park supported by 20 people to play a football match in which a dog performs the 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 the, uh, the defining role. It, the yeah. whole thing is like a mad acid fever dream. Yeah, it's, it sounds... It's, it's like a joke. What it is, it's not a movie. It's a joke that went too far. That's what yeah. it is. It's like students have made it. It's like they've deliberately made it stupid so pete as oh. i understand it you didn't you watch a bit of the first one is there any sort of correlation between them because it doesn't feel like a sequel yeah no i'm not really sure how the two connect but i i accidentally started watching at least half an hour of soccer dog one there the budget was astronomical compared to this piece of crap but um <laughs> uh, the, the one message i did get from it is that you can adopt kids really easy if they come from an orphanage uh, over there I, I know a lot of people will be listening to this uh podcast and they go through an adoption process themselves and and obviously you know the, most councils most jurisdictions most prefectures uh, will have their own rules on how to adopt but uh, you certainly don't just turn it to an orphanage you go can i have a kid please and, and the evil matron uh, owner of the orphanage goes fine write that your name here and you can have a child like that so yeah. it's basically that's how, 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 how it worked there but it was uh, yeah it, 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 the messaging in the first one seemed to be that evil people have uh, curtains uh, the, the haircut curtains the dog catcher uh, yeah. curtains uh, the uh, the evil kid have a curtain yeah uh, this coach uh, is evil as well, and and also uh, the man who sells the the boy his uh, soccer shoes, his cleats, uh, does a big sermon about how choosing the right shoes is a bit like a casserole. That's about as far as I got, to be honest. There wow. was there was a really there was a really weird bit in European in European Cup, the second one, which I might have completely missed the, the point, but. So it's the second movie in the series and the dog is mm. called Kimball and it's made very clear that the dog is called Kimball. And yeah. then there's a poster for this football match that's organized in this, in this, um, in this, um, in this movie. Uh, and it's got the name of the dog on the poster, Kimball. And then the next scene, the kid inexplicably just names the side to size to name the dog Kimball. Yeah, he makes it, it up on it the spot, make, doesn't he? Yeah, it doesn't kid, make any sense. Another kid asks him, what's the name of the dog? And he goes, and he looks at some dog food called Kimball, and he goes, Kimball. It's, it's almost like they filmed the first draft and did one thing for everything. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, well, we've got um, well, we've got some IMDb uh, reviews uh, from, oh, from yeah. people who've actually sat, sat down and watched this before us. Um, makes the Airbud movies look like Orson Welles. Um, <laughs> we should clarify on that the, the Airbud because when when searching for Soccer Dog, other type films come up. An Airbud is is if it's not ridiculous enough that a dog can play football. In Airbud, the dog's playing a quarterback in American football. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, oh, Ed, but, like, well, Ed, but actually, there's a, there's a soccer one as well. He, he's he's done loads of stuff. He's like a he's he's, he's a multi talented dog. I don't, don't think he ever plays tennis, Ed, bud. Sorry, I stand down. Um, as a Scot it makes me extremely angry uh, as to how we were portrayed in this bargain bin rubbish the only good thing about this film is uh, does that it ends uh, um, the six years between Lock, Stock and Soccer Dog were merely the blink of an eye it truly is a wonderful piece of cinema and the dog is heart Uh, not really sure why I love that Um, but 
that puts it into perspective, Pete. Like, I mean, mm. you think about Nick Moran, who has made Lockstop, which is this breakthrough here, and he's quite good in it, and it's a decent enough film, and yeah, it did really well. I mean, six years later, he's making this. Mm. Didn't he get blacklisted for being uh, a bit of a, a bit of an idiot yeah. at the um, premiere of Lockstock? Yeah, there was there was definitely an incident. I think he punched a photographer. I think it was. Mm. Ooh. I mean, that doesn't mm. necessarily get you precluded from uh, Hollywood films. Uh, Gladiator, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. a lot of uh, a lot of actors have got handsy in the past, but uh, uh, in a punching sense. Yeah, and actually, actually, Michael Hutchins, Michael Hutchins used to punch paparazzi and just pay the fines he'd end up getting and he just would would consistently say it's, it's just worth it it's worth the money which is hilarious <laughs> is quite cathartic yeah. it wasn't worth it for nick moran i mean no. nothing's worth being in soccer dog too god so he must have moved to hollywood hoping he can yeah. you know get some work and he's ended up in soccer dog too which is must be some sort of tax write-off thing everyone thinks they can act everyone thinks that uh you know nick moran's just taking a payday here and stuff mm. but he's in a film None of us have ever been in a film. Acting is difficult. We all think we can act, but it's really, really difficult. Nick Moran, he's got a payday. He's in a Hollywood film. We sat down for an hour and 20. We paid Amazon or whoever we rented it off a couple of quid for this. So who's the fools, Nick Moran or us? It's us. Us for following you. uh, There's (laughs) nice to see Donna from Suits in it, though, who's gone on to have a proper career. Yes. Oh, right. I didn't know there was another proper (laughs) person in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There's that guy who turned up in uh, Breaking Bad. You you, you noted on IMDb, uh, Jim. Yes, yeah. I, I was just went through IMDb to see if there were any other proper people in it. I missed her evidently, but there was a guy who was in like <laughs> two scenes in Breaking Bad. <laughs> well, Nick Moran didn't learn his lesson because he's in Goal Three as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I imagine Goal Three is a masterpiece. Yeah, I really enjoyed the. Um, I must admit, the uh, soundtrack was right up my street. The hippos, aquabats are in there. Juliana Theory, who are a little bit more emo. Bit of reliant care for Spelzy. Lovely old job. It just it, yeah. it just ticked the music's ticked a lot of boxes for me. Right, Peter. Which film are we gonna be watching for next time? I've given you a stinker. Let's now have uh I was gonna rhyme that. Let's now have something <laughs> a little bit better with the <laughs> Arsenal Stadium Mystery from nineteen thirty nine. Oh, Graham Greene, Martin Scorsese, big fans of this film. Uh, Highbury Stadium, witnesses a murder and only intrepid Inspector Slade can solve the case. Only trouble being is he's got the police review to direct as well. It's a comic whodunit, (laughs) people. It's one of the earliest feature films about football and it remains one of the best in many people's opinions. Pete, is is it a caper? Have you given us a caper? I think it might. I think it might be a caper, Jim. Yes. Because I've just, I've just, I've just typed it into Google, and it actually features appearances from the Arsenal manager at the time, George Allison, and members of his team. Brilliant. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. It's a cinematic oh. rebuttal to uh, those later charges of boring, boring Arsenal. Uh, one of his <laughs> bits. That could only be a good thing. I'm delighted with this. So um, Mm. that's your revision for this week. And it'll be more fun, I imagine, and probably about as long as Soccer Dog to European Cup. But I enjoyed European (laughs) Cup, so you should have too. With with the Soccer Dog European Cup, just very quickly, finally on that, um, it just, I could, even though it's on about an hour and 20 minutes long, and I couldn't get away from the idea. I couldn't fully relax because I thought I would rather be doing anything else than watching this right mm, now yeah and it's as i said to marcus it's, it's the closest i've come to not filling not 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 following it all the way through to the end 
So I'm <laughs> yeah. hoping the Arsenal Stadium mystery will be a salve to that horrendous uh, dog-themed wound. Spoken like a true cat fan. <laughs> I would like to say that because um, there were points of Soccer Dog 2 European Cup that was so bad, I found them funny. For that reason alone, I enjoyed it more than a shot at glory. Oh, Jim, piss off. Come on. No, no, I'm, I'm <laughs> serious. I hated I every are, second one. of that. That's why I'm telling you to piss off. Uh, and <laughs> we need to piss off, ladies and gentlemen. It's the end of uh, the, the podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Um, Andy and Jules are back tomorrow for another great uh, chat that they're going to have. And there will be no soccer dog to mentions there. So you're, you're, you're done with that. Um, thank you very much, Luke Moore. Thank you. Thank you, Pete Donaldson. Thank you. Thank you, Jim Campbell. Thank you. Nice one, listeners. We'll be with you again very, very soon. This was a Stakhanov production. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options. In stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money.